0: Welcome to the UDIA Queensland's Development Drum Podcast, where we speak to members and ask them to share some property industry insights, and at the same time, get to know our industry colleagues a little better. Hi, my name is Kirsty Cheshire-Brown, and I'm the CEO of UDIA Queensland. And my guest on Development Drum today is Dan Gibson, Regional General Manager, SEQ at RPS. As Regional General Manager for RPS's Place and Environment Division in Southeast Queensland, Dan leads a large team of planning, urban design, landscape architects, survey and geospatial experts. With decades of experience as an urban designer and a lifelong resident of SEQ, Dan has contributed to many of the region's most well-known urban development projects. From master plan communities to niche infill precincts and much more, Dan's approach to the development is a refreshing blend of commercial and creative solutions. And Dan, for his sins, is also a Broncos supporter. So thanks so much for joining us on the Development Drum today.
1: Kirsty, thank you. I did want to say at the start, I wanted to thank you for the opportunity. And I wanted to say that I was pretty proud to be invited along and a little bit humbled as well. I also uh, thought it was a great opportunity to stop and reflect on my career. You think that we get those opportunities too often to do it in a formal setting. So I'm actually looking forward to this. It should be fun.
0: And we'll circle back, Dan, perhaps at the end to how your support for the Broncos is going this year, but we'll get to that. I think that's important to unpack.
1: Yeah, well, it's switched to the dolphins.
0: Oh, right. Okay. Well, definitely need to dig into that. So Dan, you lead a, a team of over 120 technical experts in RPS. How on earth do you manage to stay connected to the team?
1: It is a challenge. There are a lot of people, but I do make a really concerted effort every couple of days to be on the floor in the office talking to people. I work pretty hard We're trying to make personal connections with people. So I trust them. I trust why they're in our business. They're all really talented. I don't need to talk to them about work. I don't need to ask them they're doing the right thing or looking after our clients. I know that they're doing that stuff. So I do try and learn a little bit about every person in my business. And for me, I do that because I think it gives them... The opportunity to not have to talk to me about work, but have something else and feel a little bit more comfortable. You know, we can have a chat, and then if they do have an issue or they want to ask me a question, it feels a little bit more natural. Doesn't feel forced. You don't get the anxious person. You kind of get just the real person. So, I also don't have offices in our. Uh, so everybody's on the floor. I'm with the guys. They can see me. Uh, every new starter that comes in, I point them in the direction of my seat and say. It's a really transparent business. I will answer just about any question you have. Come and see me. Let's have a coffee. We're here to help and we're here to, I suppose, make you part of our business and our family. You're not just an employee.
0: Not just a number, a human as well.
1: Yeah. I think that's what the businesses that I've been in have been about for I've been there for 26 years now, right? I arrived as employee number 29 at an office in Tuong and people made me feel welcome that way. And I think it's been one of the strengths of the PMM, Connex and now RPS businesses and the people that work there.
0: And Dan, how, how have you managed to navigate, particularly having that approach to team through COVID, you know, sort of the working from home balance, office balance? How's that panned out for you and, and where are you sitting now on that?
1: As the COVID thing happened, as we were all learning about it and starting to understand what that might mean for our businesses, I was pretty afraid to send a whole bunch of people home in pretty unknown kind of circumstance, a lot of anxiety. You know, the market was visibly slowing and work was kind of coming off the boil. I was pretty anxious. I was pretty nervous about how we were going to go. But then I was kind of so proud a week in. It was quite amazing. The team's adapted really quickly. Our IT team, love them or hate them, I I love them at the moment. (laughs) It did a fantastic job. We had also recently moved uh, maybe a year before to our office and had contemplated an agile desk arrangement. So we had about 95% of people on laptops. We had the connectivity at home. We were ready to roll. And then I think COVID, you know, has been amazing in terms of changing work environments, improving flexibility, building trust between people, you know, between employee, manager, corporate side of the business. And it took us from a place where people really wanted that flexibility, they were asking for it. Clients, some clients, you know, kind of accepted it to a place now where it's, you know, just an assumed behavior. And I really do think that it has improved the productivity of our business, the work-life balance of our employees, even some of the quality of the work. I was most definitely afraid, but really comfortable a week in.
0: A mad scramble at the start, but it's all worked out.
1: Yeah, 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 absolutely.
0: Now, Dan, you mentioned before you've been with RPS and in Previous lives, conics and, and PMM for 26 years. Mm. What's prompted you to stay with essentially the same company for that length of time?
1: I'm inherently a, a pretty loyal person,
0: except um, for the Broncos Dolphins comment. Yeah, well, look, we'll I've been, that. Look,
1: I've been with that. the Broncos for 15 years and they're not performing, so right. and I grew up in Redcliffe, so I do have like this
0: fundamental ba- loyalty
1: base connection to the Dolphins. Got it. So, what's made me change? I'm a really loyal person, but I've also had just some fantastic mentors. From the day I started right up until uh, now, I've had those opportunities to learn from all of these people, you know, from very varied backgrounds. And I think my loyalty's paid off as well. So uh, whilst I've been in the same business or the same series of businesses for that period of time, I've had opportunities to do a big variety of things. And remember. That company was a very small privately yes. owned firm, and then it turned into a firm with a bigger partnership group, and then we merged it with another business and built it to 650 employees across 13 offices, and then we sold it to a company listed on the London Stock Exchange. So it's
0: incredible. The, The
1: variety of those business typologies has offered me all of these different insights as well. So, sometimes I reflect and go, probably should have moved around a little bit. But at the same time, I think, well, what experience have I really missed out on?
0: And you've had those opportunities and been challenged at different points in your career, which has meant that? been still something there for you, obviously.
1: Yeah, I've had the opportunity, I suppose, to continue learning, right? Like I, you know, I'm always learning something new. Even this week, we're rolling out a new financial system. I'm learning a new financial system. We've been working with a group of change managers. I've not been through that process before. So, another really interesting piece in that kind of journey or puzzle.
0: Yeah. Now, the world of consulting is obviously highly competitive. We certainly see that firsthand from a EIA Queensland perspective. In your words, what sets RPS apart?
1: I did have a think about this question, and I think there are three answers. The first answer is the corporate answer, And it is a genuine corporate answer. So RPS has worked pretty hard over the last five years to build a fairly unique business model, I think. So we can now offer our clients our advisory service. So we can write you a business case or help you navigate that process. We can then, as that project gets off the ground, we can help you with an approval. So that's my business, so the place and environment business. And then at the end of that process, if the baton change is happening effectively, our PM guys can come in and help you build your project. Yeah. So I think that places us, you know, I think that's a fairly unique kind yes. of offering in the marketplace. So that's the corporate answer. My team answer, I think that we've got ourselves to a point now where we've got this very nice mix of highly experienced professionals who've been in our business or in the industry for a long time. And we've got this amazing mix of young professionals Mm. or emerging professionals. So uh, I do celebrations for my guys when they hit a milestone. I think I've done more than 10 milestone celebrations this year of people with 15 plus years experience. It's incredible. So it kind of talks to the tenure and the knowledge that's Mm. kind of embedded in our business. And then I don't think that I've seen a better group of emerging professionals in terms of skill and quality and character than the ones that we've got in the southeast Queensland team at the moment. It's a bit inspiring, actually. Right. Yeah. And then the third answer, and this is a bit of a line that we've carried for a long time. And I, and again, I think it's quite genuine. I think we're a bit different because we offer solutions to our clients that have some commercial nows to them. We've always prided ourselves on offering real solutions that you can go out and build that meet all of your feasibility or the metrics that you measure. And I think that sometimes that's a little bit different in consulting world as well.
0: So, really practical, pragmatic, bespoke approach for each project. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. And we try and coach commercial acumen yeah. into our emerging group, and I think they absolutely get it.
0: You talked, Dan, before about that emerging group and the leaders that are starting to come through mm-hmm. the organisation. Given the challenges at the moment in terms of wages and... A little bit of pinching going on between public and private sector. How do you retain those emerging professionals in the business? What hook do you offer them that RPS is the answer to their future?
1: I think that answer is like multi-layered. So we just try and do the best that we possibly can in all of those areas. You know, of course, you have to be on the money in Mm. terms of the money. Yeah. You know, you have to have a really good understanding of where the market's at. You need to be agile in that space as well. And as soon as the market moves, you've got to be prepared to move with it, be open to that concept, not kind of get stuck in, I wasn't earning that two years ago or five years ago. You know, I never got that kind of salary. So I think we're really agile in that space. You have to have a great environment, right? You have to work really hard at building culture within your business. You have to be flexible these days. You need a supportive leadership group that's going to mentor people on their journey, their career path. And I think you also have to share the opportunities. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, that's really important to make sure that it's not the same people or the senior leadership group getting yeah. the opportunities all the time to go out and do different and interesting things, mm-hmm. but really share that, push that into the broader group. Yeah. But look, it's a massive challenge uh, tough. and we've poached and we've had some poaching. It's kind yeah. of part of the game. What yeah. goes around comes around it, at the it, moment, it, doesn't it? It does, yeah. it does. Yeah.
0: Um, Dan, talk us through a time which you found really challenging for yourself as a leader.
1: I think the obvious answer is COVID, mm-hmm. um, but I think our business handled COVID so well that it doesn't really show up on my radar the time that I found most challenging as a leader and probably as a professional was when our business was sold to the RPS yes. team
0: yeah
1: it was actually a really challenging time you know I'd been PMM and Conics for maybe 10 or 12 years at this point in my career a little bit longer maybe 15 years and I'd worked for the last 10 years really 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 hard I was really proud to be a partner in that business I'm a pretty competitive person by nature <laughs> I wanted to be the best I wanted it us to be the best that we possibly could be. And I was super invested in it. It was almost my primary purpose yeah. in life. Yeah. And so then, and look, the RPS buyout was an amazing opportunity mm. for all of us, mm. kind of meant that we could take a couple of steps ahead in life in some aspects. But at the same time, I went from being on management groups and in the senior leadership team, and and understanding and knowing all of the the detail, the finer detail about financial performance and strategy and those types of things, to being a person, you know, an employee.
0: Yes, you know, I'm back yes. on I'm
1: back on the floor at this stage, and it really did take me a couple of years to kind of adapt to that. Mm-hmm. I felt, and on reflection, in the years after, you know, I felt like almost my purpose had been taken away, and mm-hmm. I do often think back to that time. And I think about it in my life now and I make sure that there's balance across my life. Mm. I don't really ever want to get myself back to the point where I have a sole purpose. Yes, I think it's important you know, to have multiple purposes in life. And I really have kind of taken on that work-life balance ethos because I, I saw some people in my in our business, people who are more senior than me, leaders in that business who really, really struggled, Yes. Had their battles with mental health issues and didn't have the best of times. And so I think it was important for me to, once I got through it and once I worked out a program for myself to kind of simulate back into the business in a meaningful way was to always remember that lesson. Whilst work is very important and for a lot of people it, it can, be a, can have a laser-like focus on it, you do need to make sure that there's other stuff happening as well yeah. because it can get taken away from you pretty quickly. You just want to be prepared. You know, you don't want to fall into those big troughs that those kind of events can bring on. Yeah,
0: Mm. I can catch you very much from the blind side, can't they? So how did you sort of acknowledge at that phase that that was how you were feeling and that was probably a weakness that you needed to work on? When did that come in terms of of that particular process with RPS?
1: Uh, It probably took me 12 months to really come to terms with it. I don't think I recognised it in the moment. You know, I don't think I recognized what was actually happening to me and why. I was still pretty young as well. So, you know, you're not big on self-reflection. Maybe at that point in your life, maybe you don't realize how hard you're hanging on or how much you actually are invested in it or what you've put aside to make that one thing happen. Yeah, probably took me 12 months to get to the point where I had worked it out. And had started to add things back into my life to yeah. kind of get the balance. Yeah, And but, I'd kind of come to terms with the fact that I, even though I wasn't one of those partners or one of those directors anymore, I was still a meaningful yes. contributor to the business yeah. and the business acknowledged that in me and, and I kind of moved on.
0: Yeah. So, talking about finding that balance and if it's anything like me, it's an iterative process as well. You know, the balance at times is difficult to maintain and it can sort of get out of sync at times. What do you do to recharge and relax?
1: I've got lots of different interests, so I really enjoy my fitness. I exercise six times a week for my sins, but that is one of my non-negotiables. I really won't miss out on like exercising in the morning yeah. many times in a row. And I make sure that my diary is kind of set up to facilitate that. Yeah, the other things that I'm into, you know, on the weekend I love architecture, contemporary architecture. You know, I think Brisbane's producing some pretty amazing young architects and designers. Yeah, great. So I consume a lot of that from kind of social media streams. Yeah. I like cooking. I like eating out. Pretty much exercise so I can eat what I want. But I, Good strategy. And, yeah. But I'm really into... Cars. Anyone who knows me will tell you that I'm into cars. I have been for a, a long, long time. Yeah, it's also one of my other strategies in terms of that life balance. Right, is having I've always got a project at home. Yes, always. Yep, and for me that gives me a different purpose than work. Yeah, I can go home. Work's been busy. You're probably still talking on the phone on the way home. Maybe when you get home. But for me, then. There's this little transition period usually where I cook dinner, which lets yep. me kind of disconnect. Yeah. And then I really like to research the stuff that I'm kind of into at the moment, you know, buying parts, looking at other people's work. Yeah, great. All of those kind of things. So anything with wheels and a motor. Right. Is kind of my jam.
0: Excellent. Mm. I have had the pleasure of working working alongside you at times for a very brief moment in terms of project teams, particularly early on in my career and time at UDIA. And one of the things that I've always appreciated about you, Dan, particularly from afar, is your ability to develop and maintain really strong and productive relationships with clients through that process. Are there any tips that you can give our audience on how to identify, form, and also maintain really productive and genuine business relationships?
1: Yeah. And this is a part of my job that I love. We were talking about it before you arrived. So, my hot tips for, you know, kind of building your network are really about pose identifying and creating genuine mm. and authentic connections. Yeah. And I think a lot of speakers talk about this kind of stuff. But for me, it started when I was really young. I started in this business when I was 21. The four directors, and I tell this story a fair bit. So, apologies to my team if you've heard it. <laughs> the four directors were. 40 and 50 years old, maybe. They were never going to want to talk to me about work, right? I was the long-haired kid who just showed up driving a Ford Escort. Like, you know, they knew everything about this industry. So, I took a different strategy and I still to this day remember it. So, there were four of them and I spoke to them about four different topics and it was just what they did on the weekend. So, it was race cars, surfing, golf and camping. Right. It's diverse. Yep and that, yep. and each of them had an interest in one of those areas and I could talk pretty fluently about all of those topics and so for me it was never I never spoke to them about work cuz my opinion didn't really matter at yep. 21 um, but I did speak to them about the other stuff yep. and it meant that I could build a pretty genuine connection that wasn't work related yes and then it became an authentic conversation right yep. i was And I love to listen and I love to learn and so I ask a lot of questions and so I've just carried that forward Um, and I spoke a little bit about it in terms of my team. So I always have something with my crew that I can talk to them about and I have it with my clients as well. It's kind of my thing, you know, I know my subject matter, I can talk technically, but I do always um, have something else, a common interest that, you know, I talk with people about. I try and remember stuff about people as well, you know, I think that's just respectful Yes. Yeah, so that's my first tip is if you're, if you are like me and you don't like that hard sell or you're mm. a bit awkward in that kind of space, and we talk about finding your business development kind of niche yes. and working on your strength, don't try and be somebody who you're not. So for me, that's my strategy. I just think it's far more enjoyable and, and genuine. So I always talk about that. Uh, the other thing that I say to a lot of the younger professionals is networking's a long game. Yes, build your network and create a wide network, invite people into it. You know, when you're younger, everybody is as uncertain as each other. They're as nervous as each other. So if you've found a group of people who you've kind of got that connection with. If you see somebody that you think might like to be in that group with you, make sure you invite them in. And it's a slow process, but eventually over time, five years into your career, 10 years into your career, you'll have a pretty amazing network. Yeah. People have appreciated what you've that you've invited them in, that you've made them feel comfortable that it is genuine. And then business relationships are like any relationship. You've got to work at them. Yes. Yeah. So, find a, a genuine connection, be patient, but you have to put the effort in.
0: Yeah,
1: And we're all busy. Uh, we've all got deadlines. We've all got a boss who's telling us that we need to do something or a client who's yelling at us on the phone about you know a deadline that they've got, but it is on you to make time to go out and continue to work on that network, yeah. you know, put the effort in.
0: And how important in terms of that? initial stage but then also the maintenance stage of those business relationships how important is reputation there
1: it's everything absolutely everything and there is this fine line right like as you build those kind of relationship you become almost friends yes you do need to be professional and when when it's work and when you're working on a project turn on the kind of professional, Dan, and then we're out and we're having a good time, then you can be a little bit more casual. But reputation is everything.
0: Pretty cool, yeah. Uh,
1: Just because you're mates with somebody or you've got a good relationship doesn't mean you can be slack. You you can't ever deliver a crappy product. You need to be on time. You need to do what you're going to say. Yeah. I think that's the other key as well, right? For me, that demonstrates respect. We've got a really good relationship, Kirst. I know I could probably be a bit slack with you, but I'm not going to.
0: Thanks, Dan. I, 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 I don't
1: want to take advantage of, <laughs> yeah. of that relationship. I still need to be absolutely 100% professional.
0: Yeah. And I always say Brisbane is a small place. Queensland is a small place. Australia is a small place.
1: And Brisbane property is even smaller. Absolutely. Right? It is like one degree of separation. <laughs> yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, Dan, just a a final question before we get back onto that dreadful decision about the dolphins. Um, What piece of professional advice would you give to your 20-year-old self? So, thinking back to that long-haired boy, what would you tell him now?
1: I think the obvious one is don't be so loyal, maybe move around, get a bit more variety in your bank of experience. I contemplated that over the weekend mm. after you sent me the questions and I and I thought mm, my loyalty's actually served me pretty well yes um, I think I would go with ask more questions like okay. ask even more questions. So I do ask a lot of questions of people you know I am genuinely inquisitive I yeah. like learning it stood me in really good stead. I used to invite very senior leaders out for lunch. I'd shout people lunch and, yeah. and try and learn as much as I possibly could. Yeah. But I think I probably should have done even more. Mm. Like I should have gone harder. Maybe I should have reached outside of my comfort zone or my immediate network. Yes. And demonstrated that desire to learn to a much broader sphere of people. I think ask more questions of more people.
0: And what do you think that would have given you, Dan?
1: Everyone's got a different perspective on an issue or a problem or a situation so you get to learn a bunch of ways about how other people see something um, which then you can take away from you know there are people with more and less education than all of us probably speak to a bunch more intelligent people who give you some different insights the other thing that I really like is I like to share my ambitions we talk a little bit about goal setting and then once you set yourself a goal Talking to people about that makes you accountable. I was going
0: to say, is that about accountability? It is.
1: It is, right? Like if you want to do something and you say to Marcus, your husband, you know, hey, Marcus, I really want to do – a, B or C, then he's probably or more likely going to ask you, you know, in the next couple of weeks, how are you going with that? What are you doing? Have you moved it forward? So I think talking to more people, maybe talking about my ambitions, uh, you know, what I wanted to learn, where I wanted to be might've helped me move a little faster and get to, you know, some of those spots
0: yeah.
1: um, before I actually did.
0: Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Now, do we think dolphins is a permanent decision or is is there any flexibility? Is this a try before you buy sort of situation, Dan? I don't know. I sense hesitancy.
1: Yeah, well, I've been with the Broncos for a while. I think they're on the up. Yep. They're building. They haven't announced any good recruits for next year in the forwards, which I'm a little bit anxious about. It's a long drive out to Redcliffe too. It is. You know, I live in a city. It is. Yeah, so, maybe I'll stick with the Broncos for another year. I think um, so.
0: Just give one, one more year. One more just year. give us one more yeah, year Just down.
1: See who they get for 2024 in the playmaker space.
0: Exactly. Just Just hold on. Well, thank you, Dan. It has been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. And thank you for joining us on the Development Drum. I know that you are a huge support to UDIA, both in a a technical sense, but also a real friend of the industry as well. So thank you for your time, Dan. It's been wonderful chatting to you.
1: And thank you. It's been a great opportunity.
0: Thanks, Dan. Thank you for listening to the UDIA Queensland's Development Drum podcast. If you'd like to chat to Dan, please connect with him through LinkedIn. LinkedIn. It's been an absolute pleasure having you with us today. Remember to rate and review this show on your favourite podcast app. While you're there, please make sure you click subscribe so you don't miss an episode.